Thanks for tuning in to the 168 Podcast, a podcast from Mitchell Knight and Jordan Bird of the Clarence Church of Christ, aimed at helping you connect Sunday worship with everyday life. What's up, 168ers? Welcome back to another edition of the podcast. Today, we recount our experiences from the Christ and Youth Conference, which we attended in Ohio with a group of five students, as well as two adult sponsors and one youth pastor. And you uh, were one of the sponsors. Yes, that's true. So I, eight people all together. Eight people all together. It was a five-hour trip, um, but it was a good experience. Well and worth, we only had to dodge one awning in a highway yes, lane there, in Cleveland. There was an awning in the middle of the highway, and of course, Jordan respectfully stopped to respect said awning. But the person behind him, or even to the right of I you, didn't really stop. I more slowed down and weaved around it. And the person two lanes over was mad at me that I weaved into the lane beside them, I think is what happened. But I don't think they ever saw because they were two lanes away. But Lame. It is what it is. <laughs> Lame. Well, it's, it was Jordan's fault that the awning was there in the first place, according to that driver. <laughs> but <clears throat> yes, so uh, the theme of the event was broadcast, which... Many of us nowadays think of technology, news programs, podcasts, etc. But they went back to its original roots, um, as well as tying it to its modern day um, meanings uh, with a farmer who would scatter his seed. And the whole idea was, you know, where are you? Kind of the two question dynamic of a relationship with God. Who is Jesus for you today? And who are you for Jesus today? What does your soil look like? And how can Jesus, the farmer, work with you uh, to make your life more pleasing uh, to God our Savior? So I think that's a good way of summing it up. I think each day there was a different part of like um, how a plant would grow. You know, I, I can't remember what they called the very, very first day about just the soil. They just talked about the where Root. Jesus talks about the different soils that the good news falls on. Yeah, you can just go through all those. Actually, it's probably better. And so one thing I, I kind of wanted to talk about before we get to, to the soils is, um, well, first of all, this was a group of high school students that went to the conference. And so while some of you listening or watching may be like, well, I'm not in high school. What does this have to do with me? One way in which our high school, middle school ministry is set up at Clarence Church of Christ, um, we call it merge. And the, and the term merge has to actually do with the idea that Middle, middle and high school students are merging into adulthood. And then how are they going to engage the faith? How are they going to follow Jesus as they merge into adulthood? So that's kind of the idea behind the name. Um, so I don't know how well that's known, but that's kind of the idea that, that's behind it. And so even though these are high school students that we took to this conference and they were engaging with this content and the content was in, oriented toward them, the concepts are nonetheless applicable for all age groups, especially those in adulthood, because that's where all of us are going to eventually end up. Even if you're in high school, you're going to have to live out this reality in a job with a family, you know, the, all the different realities that come with being an adult. And so they're not just for high school students is what I'm getting at. And I want to kind of, we're, we're essentially going to go through the different themes of each day and how they progress through and, and support each other. But I think to do that, I want to begin with where the themes ended up 
for the week. And the one question that was brought up toward the end of the week was, does your life demand an explanation? So meaning, does your life look different, seem different? Is there something hopeful about you or enticing about your life because of Jesus being in your life, because of God's spirit residing in you? That makes others go, why do they do what they do? And so that is kind of what everything throughout the week led up to, if you will. And so, we, yeah, this is where we go back to the soil. So the, the beginning of the week was just sort of laying out this whole idea of broadcast. And so to talk about like the throwing out of seed, it fits well with the story or the illustration that Jesus gives of the four different soils that the good news or the gospel of Jesus falls upon. And so the first one being the path, which essentially birds end up coming and taking it away. So it never even has a chance to take any sort of root in any kind of uh, person's heart. And then the next one being rocky. So the seed falls and it starts to take root, but it's so shallow because there's rocks there that it can't do much from there at that point. So it sort of shoots up, but then there's no fruit that comes from it. The next sort of soil is soil there, but there's thorns that choke out the seed and the plant that starts to grow. And if I'm remembering right, the passage talks about it's the worries of life that choke out the good news there. And then the last soil being the good soil, the one that receives God's good news into one's life. So that that was the first day, just sort of setting the the tone of this idea of broadcast and how God's message God's message of hope in and through Jesus is being spread and made known to all of us. And what do we do with it? That's kind of, I think, where it initially started. And then the second day led into, okay, we've established that there's a, there's soils, there's different kinds of soil that represent different you know situations in life and God's good news coming to rest upon it. And then once it's able to become implanted into that soil, what is then going to happen? So the root system is sort of was the next focus of, of the theme for the week and the idea of like what foundation is your life built upon? Do you want to expound upon that a little bit more? Right. So now that we've had our pre-conversation to the recording, as well as just hearing what you're talking about, like the first after just the idea of broadcast in the soil, the first thing that was brought up was the idea of sprout, you know, a plant finally coming up out of the soil. And if the seed is the word of God, as Jesus says, you know, for us, that encapsulates the good news or that kind of message. And so sprouting entails, all right, well, now that the seed is planted, do we either respond to it and sprout or do we not? <laughs> so kind of that um, uh, that first, first day was uh, focused on the prodigal son, right? If I have that right? The first one was roots and sort of focusing on like the sandy foundation, the rocky foundation. Right. But then, so the kind of broad theme of broadcast and the, like the four soils, if you will, sort of was maybe you could say a main parable that was talked about throughout the week. And then there was all these side parables that dovetailed into the main one. And so the first one being the parable of the foolish and wise builder and what they built their house upon. And so the idea was like, what's your house built upon? What's your life built upon? Is it the rock of Jesus or is it shaking sand? Like some, you know, the things in culture that are always shifting and shaking and, right. and are always moving around that they don't have stability to it. And then beyond that was talking about like sprouting and like, and they use the parable of the prodigal son for that one. That's, that's what you're talking about. And 
a lot of this day for students, at least, was focused on, okay, you've encountered the good news of Jesus. How are you responding to it? What are you doing with it? And they focused that in two different ways for students. One was, have you ever given your life fully over to Jesus? Have you made that decision? Have you started that journey? That was the first way they tell, um, focus the message, if you will, and the theme. And then the second was maybe you've already done that, but then you feel like you've fallen away or you haven't been as connected to Jesus as you would like to be. And using the, the illustration or the metaphor of the prodigal son, like, are you a prodigal who's gone away? Like you used to be connected to your heavenly father. You've gone away, but he's there waiting with loving arms. Are you willing to come back and, and re- resume that journey, if you will? And so that was Sproul, like, what are you going to do with this now that you've encountered the good news of Jesus? Do you have anything more you want to add to that? Yeah, so with the whole Sprout thing, I think it was good just to see the students um, respond in a way to the message of the prodigal son in a way that shows that they understand that the Father is loving, um, that he doesn't define us by our mistakes, but he's defining us by if we're seeking him or not, he's ready to welcome us home kind of. So I I think the students getting emotional with that kind of thing is just getting into the more relational aspect of what Christianity is over and above just the whole intellectual stuff. It was an emotional experience for a lot of students who, you know, understood, yes, this is a God who cares for me, who loves me and who doesn't define me based on my mistakes, but defines me based on the fact that I chose to come back home kind of a thing. So, and then after that was grow. I got one more thing I want to add okay. to this proud thing. Go for it. I just thought about this didn't really come up as a focus during the week, but now rethinking about it, I think it fits well what that day was about. And it's one thing I see a lot of people encounter is the idea of like sprout is you you're encountering God's good news and then doing something with it. And for a lot of people, they've done that, especially if they're in the second category of like they've they've initiated that, that journey, but then they fall, they've fallen away. And what I see a lot of people wanting to do when they realize like, Oh, I need to come back to Jesus. They want to like restart the process all over. Like they want to be a fresh seed, like the whole thing as if God can't continue your growth from where you left off, if you will. And while we know like that normally isn't the case for like, you know, a a seed's not going to stop at a certain point and keep going. But in a supernatural way, I think we see that that is what, uh, we do see in the prodigal son. There's the the father doesn't make the prodigal son start all over. He welcomes him back and like they resume kind of from where they are. Not that there weren't consequences or whatever that you know aren't maybe given in the parable per se, but I mean the son ends up experiencing consequences regardless of the father having to implement that. I mean that's a whole other conversation. But my point being is the idea of that day was that like, if, if, if you fall away from God, like you can resume that journey. You don't have to like restart the whole thing all over again. You have encountered it. You stopped doing something with it. It was sort of the idea. And so my encouragement to everybody is if you feel like that's where you are, like don't feel like you have to start back at like zero or one, like pick up where God is trying to meet you already, like and resume from there. And that may mean that there's some catching up to do, but it doesn't mean that you have to start back at one. And so I, I just wanted to kind of throw that in there. It just made me think of that while we were talking about it. But yeah, go on to grow. What did we learn about grow and just that whole dynamic? Yeah, we... so um, so as we, the whole idea of uh, the grow subject was as we've responded to the broadcast and as we begin 
uh, to sprout. We we grow. We actually mature. We become um, a plant with much more fruit. But part of our maturation in Christ is forgiving others. It's about, you know, unless you forgive others your debts, your debts will not be forgiven kind of thing. Um, and there's a, a talk about how the kind of forgiveness that we give and we receive in Christ is a supernatural forgiveness. It's not something that's possible, you know, when you're in the prongs of the world. Forgiveness isn't something that's normally sought after. Rather, it's revenge or it's um, rumination over something that has happened. But we are called to forgive others and we are called to um let those situations go. And that's what forgiveness really is in Christ. It's not saying that something didn't happen, but it's acknowledging that something bad happened to you, but forgiving that person and not allowing it to affect you anymore. It doesn't have a control over you. It's Christ and his definition of who you are that gives you purpose. And you kind of have to leave that baggage behind. Or it can mean that you have harmed someone else deeply and that you want to reach out to them and let them know that you are sorry for the harm that you have caused them. Um, which it, it reminds me a little bit of like, um, I'm not trying to give myself a pat on the back here, but I ended up, um, after I started learning more about Christ in my undergrad, I decided to reach out to two of my ex-girlfriends and apologize to them for kind of the pressure that I put on them uh, in terms of trying to push them toward, to doing things with me that were not godly or not holy or anything like that and just saying, Hey, you know, I'm pretty sure that Jesus is the way now. And, you know, I just wanted to let you know that, you know, the reason I was doing these things is because I was deceived and, you know, I hurt you in the process. I'm sorry. And, um, they both responded immensely positive to that. And they were both in new relationships. So it wasn't weird. It wasn't awkward, but it was actually something that was refreshing and appreciative and I also know in my own life, I've had to let things go that have controlled me as well. I've had to just, you know, we're not called into the, the justice department. It's it's God who does the judging, who does um, the final judging, the justice. He takes care of all that. Vengeance is in the is in the Lord. We are just called to love one another, called to forgive one another. And that's kind of how we mature and how we become more holy apart from the society that we're in, which seeks vengeance and revenge and all that on their own um, anyway. So we're different in that we don't allow the hurt, the past hurts in our lives to define us. We let them go and we forgive. That was kind of the point of it. So they each, all the students there had to write a name on one of the uh, little garden posts, the garden label post things. Um, they had to write their name on it and then someone else's name on the other side, um, signifying that either they were the one hurt by this other person or that they were the one that hurt this other person and that they um, were going to commit this to God in terms of either seeking the forgiveness of that person or asking for God's help in supernaturally forgiving that person. And so each student planted it in a little planter box and then we all got up again to take a different sign so that we could commit that situation to prayer. And one last thing about that on the grow night that was interesting that came up in the adult meeting was a lot of students ended up writing their name on both sides of the little sign, kind of signifying that like they were kind of their own worst enemy. Like they needed to forgive themselves or like they couldn't forgive themselves or they had done something to harm themselves that they 
we're just struggling with. So that was interesting to me as well. But regardless, it was just encouraging them into the posture of Christ, which it's like, this isn't going to control me. I can pray about this. My God loves me. He'll intercede for me. He's got it. Instead of just living with it for the rest of your life and uh, hoping for the best. Yeah, that that whole day was very much, and you, you talked about it at the beginning of when we start talking about this part of it, that forgiveness isn't something we naturally want to do, but it's something that we supernaturally can do because God works in and through us to forgive. And it makes me think, this wasn't necessarily the focus during the week, but it makes me just think from a visual standpoint of all of the things that humanity has uh, created or designed or um, engineered. I mean, I just think of like skyscrapers and like all of the engineering that has to go into a super tall building, being able to withstand harsh environments, whether that's wind, rain, snow, whatever it may be. And just the amount of like forethought and like, we got to counter correct this, if this happens and just all that stuff. And yet you look at like a tree that we don't do anything to it. Just like the seed goes in the ground it grows up. The roots take, go where they go. And yet it withstands like crazy amounts of environments. I mean, I know there's some instances where they do topple over eventually, but like the vast majority of trees withstand so many different harsh things. And to me, that's a very good visual of our life. Like we do endure a lot as human beings where either we're mistreated or we mistreat other people and, and they have to endure a lot of things on, from our end. And yet a tree stands, I mean, we think of it as being like, that's, that's nature, that's natural. That's how we know of it from what God has gifted to us. But all of it is supernatural in that it all comes from God. Like it doesn't exist without him. And so just like God can design something far better than we can and make something withstand something far better than we as humans can engineer and create things. So also like forgiveness is truly something that only God in and of him working in our life can make happen. Like it's not something we just sort of muster up and, and make happen or like we just forget about something or we sidestep it or suppress it or whatever it may be. There is a supernatural work that happens within us when we go through the process. And this is one thing to emphasize during uh, that day. Forgiveness isn't just like a one-time thing. Like usually it's a process that takes some time. And I, and that was one thing I never really had thought about before. Like, you read about it in scripture. It's like, you need to forgive. And it's like, we don't really think about that taking or the amount of time that that actually takes or that it's a process that takes, we think of it as like, it happens at one time. And maybe that's just a result of our culture. That's very like things happen in an instant. Like we think they just need to happen and patience and perseverance is just not the virtues or characteristics that our culture like shapes and forms us in, but that's what Christ shapes us in. And that those are the things that, that, accompany forgiveness right and it's only in and through god's spirit shaping and forming us in that way that that can happen and so this all takes us to like as these things happen in our life as god does this in our life we bloom we begin to uh, flower eventually our lives you know produce seeds that can then uh, be scattered throughout the world and this is just the imagery of how are we then extending god's goodness is good news his kingdom into the world like how are we extending that out into to the world and this is back to the original question we started with does your life demand an explanation and and that particular day they focused on the good samaritan story and the question surrounding that story in the gospels is the idea of like who is my neighbor and the speaker switched it flipped it around to be like 
it should be maybe more focused on like, how can we be neighborly? Because how can we be neighborly doesn't have a, like, who are my neighbors, which has like a parameter to it. Like, well, my neighbors are, and we can easily put a fence up of wherever we think that ends. Whereas who, how can I be neighborly doesn't have like an end in sight. It's just to what extent with whoever I encounter, can I be neighborly to them? And that's extending the posture of Christ and his grace, his forgiveness, his life, the life we're called to follow after to those people. And so a lot of that day is also focused on like, how can students, how can all people be kingdom workers? How can they be a part of what God is doing in the world? God's alive and active. He's, he's already been active. His kingdom is being established. It's already begun. It just hasn't taken full shape yet. We live in the now, but not yet, you know, version of that, if you will. And how, are we submitting ourselves to where God can allow us to participate in the shaping of his kingdom and pointing other people to Jesus or helping other people encounter the goodness of Jesus? What were some of the takeaways you, you saw from that day or just kind of the whole, cause that kind of encapsulates the whole week. Um, so for me, one of the takeaways was kind of the, the question about, you know, does your life demand an explanation and specifically what was nice in our small group discussion following that for each of these presentations, we would have a small group discussion with the students afterwards. Um, you had added a point that I would have liked the speaker to add when it comes to the demand of an explanation, because his examples and that he gave were all positive, like kind of, Oh, well, I see this piece in your life and it's something different and I want that. But like something you brought up are examples where it's like, why on earth do you think that? <laughs> or it's like, why do you act this way? Like, this is so strange. Like, there's there's something fundamentally strange about the way we live our lives and the strangeness of the forgiveness and grace that we experience in Christ that is foreign to other people, um, which kind of alludes to um, maybe the week of junior high camp um, that you're planning about, how we're aliens, we're a different people, we live differently, and sometimes... People. I was just reading an article today that I sent you, and the the author makes the point essentially like Christians or followers of Jesus are strange because the person they follow was odd. Like Jesus' story stands out in history because of what he did. Who just lets themselves be killed, <laughs> and then right. who comes back to life? Like the whole thing is just bizarre and strange from a human, uh, just purely human perspective. And so why would we expect our lives as followers of Jesus to not be any different? I mean, the guy got killed for the stuff he was doing. And yet we think, well, that might not be the case for me. And it's like, well, if you lived it out, you might live a very interesting life is really what it kind of comes down to. But interesting in that it's ironically life-giving and life-fulfilling because it's the life God has for us. And it's a resurrected life. It's a life better than we could even hope for. Cause often we short sight, probably our imagination of what a full life could be. And yet God wants to give us over that and above or above and beyond, I guess what I'm trying to say of, of the life that we could even imagine. But go on. Sorry. That just kind of popped in my head there, but yeah, I, I don't really know what else I would add just beyond that. Like, yes, it's great. Um, in moments where people recognize, um, that the Jesus, working in your life is something that's positive, but a lot of times in our culture, it's going to be met with negativity or hostility, which I think is equally positive based on what he's saying, because your life is demanding an explanation. The way you live is clearly different than other people. Like you want to live life 
in Christ's way. You're not just saying the right things. You're living your life in a formative way that's making you more like Christ. Um, and, you know, the reason I say that is because we're promised to be persecuted in the scriptures. It's like if we really are living our lives attached to Christ in the way that we should, we're going to be persecuted. I mean, whether or not that's, you know, governmental persecution or if it's just verbal persecution from our neighbor. I mean, that's just something that we experience. But um, that, I mean, it's like what it says in James, you know, it's a blessing when we undertake trial and tribulation. Like that's how we should approach it. And when we do finally encounter those things, you know, I think it's more of a satanic idea that that's, you know, something that's wrong or something that shouldn't be shouldn't be something we come up against, but it's something that we should actually enjoy because it's showing us that we are aligned with Christ in a way that is more than just, like I said, saying the right things. It's about actually having the lifestyle that demands the explanation from the people who witness it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Lose your life, you find it, right? I mean, it's yes. what seems like it would be miserable for us to be persecuted or made fun of or viewed as weird again like jesus is saying like actually that's where you find life when your life looks strange like mine like not just strange just to be strange but when it looks strange to the world because you're following in the way of my life that's actually where you find life and that's the promise we have to cling to and that's that's the good news right that's the good news that's trying to take root into the the soil of our life and so it's trying to sprout and then grow and then bloom and bring other people into that same experience as well with Jesus. And Jesus is at uh, the heart of all of it. So thank you everybody for um, hearing us share about the week and the experience that we all had, not just the students, but the adults as well. And, and hopefully our conversation is sort of recap was beneficial to you to think about the theme and just the very, all the different dynamics of what, we as followers of Jesus are called to in following after Jesus. So thank you very much for joining us and we'll catch you next time. Bye everybody.